Welcome back to the Policy Wonk Podcast. I am Michael. And I'm Kale. And we are missing Joe. Yeah, Joe's at a, he should be at a conference in Orlando. So he'll be back, hopefully for next week's episode. But for now, it's me and Mike. I'm filling Mike in. Mike and I. I'm filling in. I was going to. Yeah. So Mike, what happened earlier this week? Big news. Big election. Really big. Actually, multiple elections. Mm-hmm. So big election night with multiple elections across the country, um, most of which were in the Midwest and East Coast, right? The big ones. I didn't hear. I mean, I, it was like Texas had uh, some little things going on. There's, so there's always an stuff. election. There's always elections for everybody. Biggest ones were yeah. Midwest yeah. and the eastern part of the country. Um, spoiler alert, Republicans did horribly. We did not. Everywhere. We did not. <laughs> we did not. Everywhere. Um, Virginia, though. Eh, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into Virginia <laughs> we'll get in a minute. Into it. I don't know what order we want to, we want to start. Let's start with Start the, big and get small or start small and get big? Let's start with the one that affects us the most. Issue one and two. Yeah, okay. Big start one. Then. Start. Big issue. Because it mainly, Statewide. that's a topic that I feel like the show has discussed almost nonstop for the last three months. Issue one and two. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, issue one passed, if you haven't heard already, 56.6% of Ohioans, I guess, who came out and vote, who came out to vote, rather, said we, uh, we want to protect abortion. We don't want the... One by about 12, right? Yeah. Yeah. 12. We killed it. More than Obama in 2008. We killed... There were counties that, on my, like, prediction maps, I didn't even think about saying was going to vote yes. Mm-hmm. Voting yes. That was insane. Counties that have like anti vax nut jobs as their uh representatives in the assembly. Mm-hmm. There were some counties deep, deep, deep red that came really close. They still voted no. I can see from your screen though, not Western Ohio. No, not Western Ohio. West, it's just Hitler particles. Yeah, that, I mean whole that's whole entire place. That's the uh the remnants of Indiana, you could say. Um but like Appalachia. It was really close in most of these counties. Yeah, and if you go to the issue two, uh, <laughs> it it was even closer in a lot of those counties. Not a single county that voted no on uh, marijuana voted no. Uh, let me rephrase it. Hmm. Every county that voted no, it was within 60%. Not a single county voted 70% against marijuana. Yeah. Whereas it's abortion, they got crazy. Very, very nonpartisan, spread out mm-hmm. across the state. It is, and it's the same reason why early uh, in the night, a lot of people might have been confused about, I mean, what, what, what was its percentage at the end of the day? 57, even. So they were both 12-point wins, essentially. Was it 57 to, well, so. 57, 43. math in my head here. Yeah. Okay, so they're both about the same. Fifty-six point five and fifty-seven, mm-hmm. respectively. So we killed it <laughs> within half a percent of each other. Both well above fifty percent, well above what anybody needed or hoped for, or even expected or pulled at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a big reason why issue two it was trailing issue one by so much in the beginning of the night was Ohio counts early votes and absentee first, which lean heavily Democrat mm-hmm. and. Issue one leaned heavily Democrat. Issue two did not. A lot of suburban and older Democratic voters who voted no on issue two 
yes on issue one. And there was a lot of voters who I, I presume voted the other way around on issue two. But those votes came in later in the night. Those are the day of a lot of Republicans, independent, moderate voters, um, college voters, college bros who <laughs> didn't care about issue one, I guess, but voted yes on two. And that's later in the night we got that and it, it balanced them out. So by the end of the election, it was the same, but they had very different um, cohorts. It was it was very interesting yeah. throughout the night seeing the the issue two votes come in. I predicted, not on the show or anything, um, but a about I think it was about a six and a half point win for one and an eight and a half for two. You can confirm that Mike did say this to us in uh, private. Yeah, and and I, I was going between six or seven for for issue. Uh, one and and seven to nine for issue two for a while and not even close i mean i was i think i think we were all kind of a little bit blown away way way off on one in a good way in Um, a good way only a little off on two and i was right about i guess how i thought it would go in terms of being a pretty bipartisan support but struggle in the suburbs in comparison to issue one which would dominate in the suburbs but struggle in the rural areas um not that either these issues struggled anywhere uh, <laughs> they just didn't do as well as they did in other parts of the state um of course that does not mean we're done talking about these same two issues oh no I... um especially issue one and the right to choose and abortion rights mm-hmm. uh seen Absolutely, I'm sure you could get into this. State Republicans State already Republicans saying they're going to try to fix it, or I guess fix it. Quote unquote fix. So, what does it even mean? 27 state House Republicans mm-hmm. signed off on a statement. I don't know if it was anything beyond just a statement. It was just a statement. It was um, so odd. Just showing their names and signatures and where they represent that says essentially. They'll do whatever they can to protect life and the unborn fetus uh, and subvert, essentially, the election results, which were, like, incredibly conclusive. And also, um, they were a consensus. They say we want to find a consensus in the state. This is the consensus in the state. This is it. This is literally, like, 56.6, 57. I mean, I'm... Yeah. Frankly, the only exception being Mike DeWine in against Nan Whaley. Mm-hmm. Statewide Republicans have only won elections with 53% of the vote. That means people who typically within the past have voted Republican voted for these two issues. Yeah. So they need to like reel themselves in or they're going to turn off some of their voters. Yeah. Especially because some of these people, some well, of these house if reps. Indist- Independent redistricting actually passes. God, I hope in. it does. There's, there's an in for us. But if there's no, if it doesn't pass, bump it. Yeah. There's an in. We got there's it. But if but we there's have to no, win. Uh, I, like, people say Ohio's not a red state. It's a gerrymandered state. No, it is still a red state. It's just not as red as people think. It's not seventy percent um, of the not, House and yeah. Senate red. Yeah, it's not seventy percent red. It's, it's like fifty-three percent. Fifty-three percent red. It's whatever Trump wins by each time. Trump won by fifty three percent both times. JD Vance won by fifty three percent. It was it's a very interesting. That's number. about it. That's what that's what Ohio is. It's about a fifty three percent. But if you can sway the suburbs, you sway the suburbs. You know, I feel like that's at the end of the day, that's what Sherrod's going to do. 
Yeah, that's what he needs to do. And I think he's got a good shot at that. Um, I'm actually not at all worried about down ballot races in 2024. I think a lot of them are tied to strong ballot issues. Arizona is, I mean, Galeo is not going to be on his own running in that. He's going to be alongside their own issue one. I don't know what it's going to be called exactly, but they also have uh, an issue on their ballot to codify abortion to the state constitution as being legal and protected. Mm-hmm. 22 weeks, two trimesters, um, with exceptions, um, like very specific medical exceptions beyond that point. And uh, those, I mean, that he'll help that turn out and that'll help turn out for him and should carry him over the line. And Sherrod Brown will have very likely the minimum wage increase, which should pass mm-hmm. by five to 10, I would say. Um, Sherrod, I don't think wins by any more than two, but I don't think he loses by any more than one. Again, so. I, it's, I'm, I'm just going to keep railing this number for the next year. Sherrod in 2018 won with 53% of the vote. It's such an interesting number. You think he'll win by six? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think in. I don't think in a presidential year. But no. I mean, it's tough to say though because there's going to be. I don't know if there's voters in Ohio who, if they were just voting for Trump, they'd vote for the Republican in the Senate. But if they're going to end up voting for like RFK now, if that makes them go, well, mm. I'm not voting for the Republican, so like maybe I'll vote for Sherrod Brown. Like if that changes the psychology in their heads in terms of ticket splitting, because Ohio is for the record, a state where ticket splitting does still exist. Oh yeah. It's dead in most of the country, but it's not dead in Ohio, but under any circumstances, it's very alive. Here. I mean, didn't, uh, didn't clearly, DeWine... it's not necessarily within the same elections, but from year to year or like every oh, other at the oh, very yeah. least, ticket splitting is huge. It's not just turnout. There are, Plenty of Trump voter Republicans who voted for yes on issue one and yes on issue two. They vote for Sherrod Brown. You could say that we swing. Yeah. Since 2016, we've had a very wide swing to the right, but yeah, still swing state. On the presidential level. Yeah. And, gover- and, and statewide governor. Race, listen, listen. DeWine. Races, it's still pretty. pretty DeWine red. was a and weird it's exception. Still, it's still a red state. And, if, and again. If independent redistricting happened and gerrymandering in Ohio was done away with... We're back. We're competitive. It would still be a majority Republican in the, mm-hmm. in the State House and Senate. It would just wouldn't be a supermajority. It would not be a supermajority. We would actually... It'd be different. And if we elected a Democratic <laughs> governor, which is very possible within the next decade or two, um, maybe one of the houses, maybe, maybe the uh, State Senate flips or something like that eventually... Uh, barely, we w- or the, like a moderate coalition that currently exists in the House ends up having to play with the governor a little bit more. Next year, if we take the power of redistricting out of the hands of politicians and, puts it, and put it into the hands of the people, we no longer would have to fight tooth and nail for Republicans to give us Dayton. They vote mm-hmm. blue. Give us Dayton. Now we have it, for now. But we'll see. But Right. And that's to say, in Independent redistricting isn't just ignored, even if it wins. Mm-hmm. They have plenty of ways that the courts can ignore it. That, I mean, it can be completely ignored. I mean, but everybody they should ignore know stuff all time. that the Supreme <laughs> Court races in Ohio are statewide elections. They are. No different than Sherrod Brown, who has yet to lose. This is my fingers and knocking on wood. <laughs> um, no different than issues one and two, which both won 
by a lot. If you want Ohio to no longer be gerrymandered, if you want a fair shot, if you're a Republican who wants a more balanced government in Ohio, a more moderate Republican government, something like... God. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Wisconsin, Michigan. That, some of the northeastern states at some points. Yeah, states that have... Maine. Yeah, states that are split. If you want that, this would give that possibility to exist. Mm-hmm. It would have to be. Um, it, it would have to be more balanced. We could end up like realistic. Kentucky. <laughs> With uh, Andy Bashir winning the, right the governorship. Comes along, if the right person comes along, it's tough. Listen, Andy. I mean, it's less tough to imagine in Ohio. I'm just shocked that it's the case in Kentucky. But it's, oh, yeah. It's more likely that in Ohio you have Democrat who could get over the finish line statewide. But Ted Strickland wasn't that long ago. No. But totally it feels possible. forever ago. And Sherrod Brown exists. Mm-hmm. One and two pass. I mean, it's. I think Tim Ryan's gearing up to run for governor at the end of DeWine's term. He's young. He's energetic. He's got that. Yeah. We the people pack or whatever. Against the nut job, he's got a shot. Tim Ryan against Dave Yost. Tim Ryan could win that. Especially since he just ran for Senate Mm -hmm. and his whole apparatus still exists. Um, And he did. He mobilized a lot of people. He did fine. I I don't know if it was that he did exceptionally well or anything. he did better than what people were expecting. Right. But I, that could have been because he was dragged up by a lot of house races. That's true. Rather than him pulling them up. It the was Sykes that, race? That, yeah. Helped because them they, big time. they outran him, those races, mm-hmm. um, if you're accounting for uh, replacement levels. Like, if that candidate was replaced with a generic candidate, how well would they have done? And, you know, if he was that generic candidate they would have outrun him by a few points in any of those cases. Um, so it could, the argument could be made that Tim Ryan was a relatively weak Senate candidate going up against an incredibly weak Republican. Oh God. But what are oh the chances <laughs> a stronger Republican than J.D. Vance actually runs for governor? You know who's going to actually run for governor when they will try to replace DeWine? The runner-up for the Senate race. Mm. Whether it's the primary runner-up or the general runner-up that yeah. ends up being a Republican. If it's, it's Dolan, just going to be the runner-up. So it's going to end up being Dolan, LaRose, or uh, Moreno. Moreno. It's going to be one of those three guys. Dolan's the only one that would have a chance. You can't, governor? You can't tell me otherwise. Nothing you can say can change my mind. I guess. Yeah. So is that our pick for who's going to run for governor in, 20, in was it 2026? Dolan or, Dolan or Ryan? Are you, are, Tim are, Ryan and Matt Dolan. I'm thinking it's going to be Ryan and Yost. Ryan and Yost. I mean, I've been told by not... Does anybody like Yost? No. He, he claimed that that 10-year-old rape victim, like, he's like, I've never seen anything about it. Okay, dude. My sources <laughs> also tell me that State Senator Jerry Serino is looking at running for governor. I don't think Serino beats him. Serino does not beat team, Tim Ryan. Northeast Ohio will not let that happen. Tim Ryan got kind of close in the Senate race. It was pretty close. And... Governor is totally different than Senate because it's not, oh, I'm going to do what, what Biden wants. It's, it's an executive position. It's a completely different position. Yeah, you run your own game. Like You will be held accountable not by a Democratic House and Senate, uh, a Democratic president like Tim Ryan would have been. He would have been a cog in the Democratic machine in the Senate. He will have to be held accountable by the Republican 
super majorities in the House and Senate in Ohio, uh, which is, I think, a lot easier for moderates in the state to stomach. I think Houston might also be a candidate. He won't be the nominee, but he would be a no. candidate. If if Tim Ryan runs nominee, I don't, even if he's not my top guy, but I don't think I have anybody above him. So for lack of anybody else, Tim. he's the top guy. Got to dust off my Tim Ryan merch. Yeah. <laughs> what, I have a sticker stamped to a water bottle that I've run through the dishwasher a thousand times? Ooh. That's it. That's all I got. It's free, too. Well, Mike, let's talk about Kentucky for a second, and then we'll talk about some other elections that happen nationwide before we get into some other things. Andy Bashir. Yeah, he won. He's that guy. More than everybody thought. He is that guy for he Kentucky. Is. He was able to get rural Kentucky and coal miners on board with his uh so he's term message. limited too. So this is his last term as governor. So you should move here. Four years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You should move here. Well, he does so well because he's seen as an authentic, what is it, Kentuckian? Uh, yeah, I think that's what they're called. I don't know if Cameron was seen as that. Even if he's just as authentic as Tim, as not Tim, as uh, Bashir. Uh, it's just a very interesting race in general. He seemed fake. Yeah. He seemed, like, there was something real about Bashir. Also, incumbency is an advantage. I mean, they voted for him once. It's hard about voting for him again. And he won with 52.5% of the vote. Solidly. Yeah. Which is like, Solidly. that's a dub. That yeah. is a victory. That's a good victory in Kentucky. Come on. In Kentucky. And I mean, I'm looking at the county map. This is on New York Times website. A lot of the, a lot of the counties aren't super red. Some of them are, but a lot of them are like within 4 or 5%. Yeah, it's a weird um, coalition behind them. It's a well, very weird coalition. They also had multiple other like statewide races, and I mean, we're looking at the attorney general race: fifty-eight percent, the secretary Republican of state wins. race: sixty yeah. percent. That's crazy split ticket Democrats margins. Democrats are unpopular in Kentucky. Yeah, clearly, Andy Bashir <laughs> is popular in Kentucky. This is true. Nobody, not nobody, fifty-two percent of people. Well, a lot of those people are Democrats. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Enough of those people, whatever the difference is between how he did and those other races that went poorly for Democrats, that amount of people, 10 to 15%, don't care about the D next to his name. They care that he is Andy Bashir. That's yeah, what they wanted. He's, he's that guy. I think that's how Sherrod Brown regularly wins, too, mm-hmm. is they don't look at the D next to his name. I mean, the majority of voters do because... Democrats all turn out for him as well. But the reason he can win while Trump wins, while Mike DeWine wins, is because he's Sherrod Brown. They like him because he's Sherrod Brown. He's that guy. Now, that, I guess, in states that are red states, either ruby red like Kentucky or pink like Ohio, except they look red at the state level, but other than that are much more pink go to like ballot issues Mm -hmm. senate representation stuff like that um the the democratic brand is popular right now across the country it is uh that's partially in somewhat in part because the republican brand is disgusting and toxic and poisonous across the country it is because they've tied themselves to transphobia um abortion the, a really unpopular view on abortion. The party has like and, dug uh, itself yeah. a hole 
and yeah. they're now trying They've to really call themselves, themselves out. Whole, it's interesting too it's because the debates, the moderators. We're about to talk about the debates. I'm sure once we get <laughs> through the rest of these, uh, of these oh, races. Oh, we will. But it's the same thing that that dragged Republicans down in all of these elections in Virginia, especially, which mm-hmm. is what I will segue to. Um, is abortion and trans issues. Virginia now has um, its first transgender uh, senator, I believe, state senator, Dana Carome. Dana Carome or Dana Carome. I'm sorry. Don't know how to pronounce your name. Um, Who won with senator 52% Rome. of the vote. Who won with 52% of the vote. Wow. Um, and, I mean, I do believe she was expected to win. Uh, but that was a race... That Republicans did not necessarily expect her to win, apparently, because they blew millions and millions of dollars on it. $500,000 personally sent from the governor himself, uh, Glenn Youngkin, the puffer, puffer vest Republican, who I just <laughs> hate the idea of those kind of New England Republican type guys, and I guess Virginia, you know, the coastal Republicans. If you're talking about elitists, if that's your problem, that's your guy right there. The yeah. Tucker Carlson's, the uh, Glenn Youngkins of the world, the J.D. Vance's, and these big McMansions with hundreds of thousands of dollars, four kids and two golden retrievers. Couple guns. Couple guns. <laughs> they hate you. Yeah, they don't like unless you. Unless you're wealthy as hell and white. And they if, might still hate you. If you drink Mountain Dew, they're, they don't like they you. They don't like you. <laughs> yeah, they don't like you even if you drink beer. Yeah. No, they don't do that. They drink. They, That's not classy enough. They got the fine stuff. Fine stuff. Fine yeah. stuff. <laughs> they probably still have shitty taste. But Virginia was awesome for us. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, too, it was worse than a lot of Democrats thought it could go. It mm-hmm. should go. And that's because it's a D plus 10 state in the last couple presidential elections. And... They only, I mean, they lost a, state, a seat in the state Senate, but held it. because They had it by a couple. And they were hoping to at least pick up one or hold their two. And they did gain back the state house, which means Youngkin's political career is dead. Yes. Um, he is a lame duck governor. He was term limited, who had some aspirations to run in 24, but now says he won't. And is unlikely to run in 2028, in my opinion. Well, very unlikely to win in 2028 primary. His brand is unpopular amongst conservatives. It's popular amongst moderates, generic moderate Republican, the kind that a lot of people pretend still exist. He's one of them. He's popular amongst Virginia Republicans. Yeah. That's why he's, he's governor. And he's not hated amongst a lot of Virginia Democrats, at least more moderate ones. So he's actually a fairly proved of popular governor who ruined all of the goodwill that he had going into this election by rampaging on and on about transgender issues, blowing money on races that they were not going to win in the first place, and um, hammering on about a 15-week abortion ban that nobody wanted. Virginia is a D-plus-10 state in presidential elections. Yeah, sure. They got some Republicans in the, in the state government right now because they got pissed off at Democrats for a variety of other issues. They didn't get pissed off at Democrats because of abortion rights. You know, better believe it that Virginians want Roe v. Wade to be in place. Roe, the original. 
Io essentially has now. So a 15-week ban is uh, not in the books there anymore. It's dead in the water. Their next governor is probably going to be a Democrat who is going to run on protecting abortion. And that's that. All is said and done in Virginia. Um, it, pack it up, Glenn Youngkin, for uh, 2028. Yeah, pack it up, man. <laughs> good luck beating anyone. I don't know how you're going to do it. We touched on it earlier, but it's it's almost like Republican social policy and the culture war bullshit is not popular. And we're no. tired of it yeah, as, a, as a country. We're kind of sick of it. I mean, and like Trump's brand of Republican... Ism, I get well, mm-hmm. that's a whole different thing. Trump's brand of conservatism is not popular. He hasn't won an election. Uh, this is a crazy take. He hasn't won an election ever. He lost the popular vote in 2016. 2018 midterms did not go his way. 2020 did not go his way. 2022 midterms did not go his way. And last night, or not last night, this week did not go his way. Mm-hmm. It's a return to normalcy to an extent. There are a lot of Trump-style populist holdouts in a lot of offices nationwide. Yeah, Ohio's filled with them. And, it's, and they it's will not be back. Ending. And Trump himself will be back. Oh, yeah. Everybody, keep in mind that in 2024, Trump is running. So in Ohio, going to circle one of the, or color in one of those little boxes, you're going to see a few names. You're going to see Joe Biden, who, yes... Sucks. He's old as hell. Could care less about Palestinians, I'd assume. Maybe maybe cares a little bit more than uh, some people might give him credit for. But uh, really, really bad at articulating. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, if I want to give him the most... Oh, that's the word I'm looking for here. Benefit Goodwill. of the doubt? Yeah, benefit of the doubt. Yeah, it would yeah. be... He's just really, really bad at getting that point across that he does care. He's at least kind of. Uh, and that'll hurt him. I don't think that alone would hurt him enough to lose the election. No. Because it's a year away. Um, but I understand why people are pissed about it. The, uh, but just know, like, the guys on the ballot are going to be Trump, Joe Biden. The, sorry, there is nobody who's going to beat Joe Biden in a primary. Nobody who's going to even run against him in a primary. It's Joe Biden. Yeah, it's Joe Biden. He's not dropping out. If he did, it would be Kamala at this point. And but policy-wise, that's the same as Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's younger, maybe a little bit better at speaking at this point. She didn't used to be, but she probably is now. I love Venn diagrams. That's my favorite. I love the coconut one. The, <laughs> you think you fell from a coconut tree? And then she just starts bursting out laughing. Um. It'll be those two, and it, like, and uh, it'll be RFK, RFK and Jill I, Stein. Jill Stein announced today should have ballot access. Colonel West won't, and no labels. I mean, they're going to wait long enough that they might lose ballot access, and it'll be write-ins, right? They also won't pull high yes. enough to get ballot access. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that people aren't realizing about no labels. I think they're going to have a lot of crossover support with, well, highly educated voters. Who are going to realize that only Trump or Biden could win anyways. Mm-hmm. And nutjobs who hate both who are going to go to RFK or Jill Stein. So while they might theoretically poll well, it'll fall apart when you actually look any closer to it. That's my take at least. Well, it Unless was they run somebody 
genuinely well-known and popular. Manchin just retired. He's not running for Senate. Well, he's not right. He's about to retire from Senate. Uh, he's still a senator. He's not rerunning. Done with Senate. Seems to be positioning himself to maybe run under the no labels ticket. For anybody who's confused about that, um, I'll do a quick little rundown of all these people. Uh, no labels is a party, but they don't think they're a party. They think they're just a, a ticket for this election. They're a, they they're are a party. political party, <laughs> a partisan political party whose ideology is center right. That is what they are. They are economically right wing. They are socially right wing. Just not as much as the Republican Party. That's it. That's the no labels party. They include people like Joe Manchin. Uh, Michael Bloomberg part of that. I don't know. They have merchandise, though. Yeah, guys like him would be. <laughs> uh, yeah, Joe, Joe Manchin's one of them. So they, they've also taken on Andrew Yang's it's not uh, right, it's not left, it's forward thing. Yeah, the forward Except party. they are right wing by any actual political definition. You've taken any classes on this, if you're a high schooler, you could probably deduce it. They're a right wing party. They're just not as right wing as the Republican Party. That's it. Um, they're also incredibly corrupt and have no intentions on winning they're trying to play as a spoiler or just make a bunch of money that's what they're there for they're there for money and media notoriety if you ever see on the ballot the policy wonk party it's because we're trying to get your money yeah this is a joke if any of us run it's as a democrat this is they have actual ballot access and a chance to win and volunteers and money and and party apparatus messaging to an extent yeah (laughs) um but those are going to be the candidates that are on the ballot. Um, oh, well, I didn't. Not quite done. So that's no labels. No idea who they're going to run. Oh, yeah, Assume yeah. it's probably Joe Manchin or Joe Lieberman or some other guy named Joe, but not Joe Biden. Or Joe Nappy. Yes. Are there any other Joes? No, I don't think so. Joe Jorgensen. Mmm. Who are the libertarians running in 2024? I'll get to that last. I don't know, but I think I have a couple ideas. Um, so that's no labels. Um, then there's the Green Party. That's Jill Stein. She ran in 2012 to no avail. She ran in 2016 to no avail. And people say that she swung the election from Hillary, but uh, hard to say. Realistically speaking, if Obama won in 2012, Hillary should have still been able to win in 2016 with Jill Stein running it. It shouldn't have made a difference. Especially since, uh, the libertarian, uh, Gary Johnson pulled a lot more Trump voters than Jill Stein pulled Democrat voters. So I don't blame Jill Stein for throwing the election. So I'm also going to blame her for throwing this election because just like Howie Hawkins in 2020, she's going to barely break 1%. And I mean, so I, I don't up. care. Again, it's a grift. It's Russian money. That's all she's getting from this. It's a grift. It's uh, it's a nothing burger. They're also, I mean, the Green Party needs to, they hibernate for four years and put up a candidate because they feel like they have to. And they should run local. It's stupid. Yeah, they should. They would well, win local. I guess if they the if, if they party want has to... more representatives than they have at this point. Exactly. Yeah. If they There's want no to be competitive and if they, they want to make be. a difference, we should kill off the American Green Party politically. We should kill off all parties that aren't Democrats. Yes. In a violent. I'm kidding. Well, on the local level, there's other parties that exist that are. Real, like the Working Families Party on a local level in Chicago. Local is where it's a real thing. Multi-party yeah. democracy actually works yeah. here well, in this can. country. In this, in this country. Yeah, depending on your city council or state house or whatever, mm-hmm. 
can work depending how it's all organized. But the federal government is not organized for that. And most state governments aren't either. Correct. So usually it's local or county level school boards where you can see stuff like that. So that's Jill Stein and the Green Party. Then you've got uh, Colonel West. That's it. That's, that's Colonel West. Nothing. Less than a percent. His campaign was over Move when on. he announced. It burnt up when he said he was taking money from the Republican gigabillionaire. Um, his, what was his name? No oh, idea. Harlan. Sands? Oh. Harlan, <laughs> Harlan Crow. Oh, yeah, my yeah, yeah. brother Carl, Harlan Crow. And everyone was like, what? And then he dropped out of the Green Party ticket. Yep. Um, and that was after dropping out of the People's Party ticket, who are gone. They're dead. They don't exist anymore. I don't think. Um, who's next? RFK. RFK Jr. Uh, not <laughs> RFK. So make sure you tell your 90-year-old great-grandmother that no, Grammy, she, you're not voting for RFK. He died a long time ago. He was assassinated. This is RFK Jr. He's a nut, and his voice sounds like he eats cigarettes. Politically, uh, he really likes Russia and hates vaccines. That's it. That's all there is. Yeah, his he takes also, on vaccines are crazy. For anybody wondering, hates Palestinians, loves, loves, loves Israel and Netanyahu. Yeah, he's like way more than Trump or one-sided. He's very, very. He's also anti-Semitic at the same time. I don't, and he's not Christian. Well, he is. He's Catholic, but he's not particularly religious. Interesting. No more than, uh, I mean, less than anybody else in his family, really. It's not a big thing for him. He doesn't make a big point of being Catholic. He just happens to be. Um, unlike his uncle, who is dead. Yeah. They're all, they're all dead. They're all dead. It's a bad, so, bad curse. Not to say anything about how RFK Jr.'s life is going to finish up, but <laughs> I don't have high hopes for him. Just judging by the rest of his family. He should he should have just stuck with being an environmental lawyer. Yeah. Make a difference that way. Yep. Keep your mouth shut. He doesn't even talk about the environment anymore. If, no. If that's anything for you. Um, then there's the Libertarian Party running. So far, nobody. Uh, they've really fallen off recently since Joe Jorgensen. I mean, not even since Gary Johnson. They're a joke. They're a joke of a party. The closest to a Libertarian candidate we've got running is uh, RFK Jr. because he's crazy. I'm looking at a, a list of the 2024 Libertarian oh, Party candidates. Also, for the record, RFK Jr., not running under any party, totally independent. 100% Same with Colonel West. And if uh, no labels can't get ballot access, then their guy's going to have to run independent as well. So we'll see. Joe Exotic ran on the Libertarian Another ticket for a month. Another Joe. Yeah, but it's Joe, this is like it's the Joe, Joe Exotic. Day. Joe's not here, so therefore everybody we're talking about is named Joe. This is then there's true. the Republican Party. It's going to be Trump, DeSantis, no juice, Nikki Haley, no juice, Vivek Ramaswamy, crazy and also no juice, Tim Scott, no juice and no girlfriend. I don't care that there was a girl <laughs> with him at the debate yesterday. He paid her. She's it's a fake. robot. She's a robot. She's not real. She's a Boston Who Dynamics drone. I forgot. Is there any other candidates? Chris Christie. Chris Christie. No juice. Too much juice. Too much juice, I would say. Too much juice. Putting the juice in the wrong place. Up front. Turned off all the Trump voters. Nowhere close to going to be the nominee because of that. drinks a lot of juice. I love Christy. He's so... He's, he's such a unique character. Such he's a New Jerseyan. I was going to say, he's such a New Jersey Republican. Yeah. But, I mean, we can talk about the favorite. debate. Yeah, so we covered the majority of the large... Uh, Oh, and then the Democrats. It's Joe Biden. It's Joe Biden. Uh, everybody else is uh, no shot. Not, not even in the picture. Not even in the picture. In 2028, it's going to be an open field with a bunch of new people. And Kamala, who probably won't win to those people. Um, 
so yeah, unless she's too tired of being VP, which <laughs> is very possible because she, let's be honest, if Biden wins in 24, she's going to have to do a little bit of, little bit of the work post that. Um, Biden's, Biden's big issue is he's ancient. I'm sure uh, another episode we'll talk more about that. We'll talk more about those things as more polls come out as we get closer to the election. Yeah, I, I want to really, really talk about his uh, military service at the Battle of Manassas Bull Run. Yeah. He was actually at Gettysburg, too. He signed the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. He was there. Americans love old stuff. We love our ancient constitution that doesn't get updated, so why can't we love our ancient president who doesn't get updated? Exactly. Come on, everybody. <laughs> that doesn't get updated. Yeah. So, so Mike, let's talk about the debate. Yeah, the because debate. it was more funny than it was. It was bleak. Inform. It was informative. a bleak kind of funny. I don't think it was like a fun kind of funny. It was a bleak kind of funny. You're there right. There was a couple fun, like fun kind of funny lines. It was more of a oh shit, this is the state of the Republican Party. Vivek Ramaswamy did say that we don't need uh, another Dick Cheney in office. We've got two of them, two Dick Cheneys up on stage wearing three inch heels. He was talking about Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, a man who was visibly wearing three to four inch heels. I think well, that that line plus one inch boosts the whole time. And, and he like denies it. And he does his weird little like tongue thing with his mouth. He is such a gross, disgusting person. He's it's a robot. So funny. He's also a robot. People thought he was, I'm sorry, thought he was cool a couple years ago. People that I know. But the, the Vivek line where he said the the three-inch heels thing, I think that that simultaneously boosted his campaign and tanked it. I think it turned off a lot of... of, Exactly. Stuck at 3%, constantly boosting and killing his campaign. I think it turned off a lot of suburban women, because it's a pretty sexist comment. He's trying to make money. But it was, like, really fucking funny. It was hilarious. It was really funny. Uh, He had a a couple good points, and he had a treasure trove of psychotic, schizophrenic points. Yeah. But he did have a couple good points. <laughs> you are not the only person who said that to me. Like, let's put it this way. His point on TikTok. So all the candidates were asked what they would do about TikTok. It's Chinese spyware. Is, um, And uh, they sell their data to the CCP. Yes. What data exactly they sell. Eh, it might just be advertising stuff. Might be a big nothing burger. But it might be more than that. Who knows? Nobody ever seems to try to figure it out. Um, but the candidates were asked what they would do about TikTok. Would you ban it? There's been calls for it. Trump floated it a little while back and then lost the election. That didn't happen. Um, Every single candidate said they would with a couple outliers. Nikki Haley was one of those outliers saying that she'd be open to it, but it would be very hard to do and that her daughter uses it. Um, And... I actually, I don't know if she mentioned that her daughter used it. She didn't. She Vivek didn't. was the one who mentioned it. So that's it. what actually it was. And it the problem here. pissed her off. And then Vivek, who had a great point about not banning TikTok. His point was perfectly wonderful. His point was, I won't ban TikTok necessarily. I want to get to the root of banning all data sales from American, European, any companies who operate within U.S. borders with their applications from selling data abroad. That's a great I like that. He just turned off the entire Pirate Party of America. He's yeah, going to lose, right. I mean, you know, because that's a huge electorate. That's a huge electorate. <laughs> um, as somebody who does care about data and privacy, I think that's actually a good point and something that should be normalized from candidates. Joe Biden's way too old to know about you it know, or care about it. Trump is too old to know or care about it. Kamala, 
honestly, he doesn't care about it. Um, we did it, Joe. So, you know, these younger <laughs> candidates, for better or for worse, it's starting to become a point. The problem is, he followed it up by bringing Nikki Haley's daughter into it. And that pissed her and off. That, he, she called him scum. Which is crazy. Which is, I mean, from Nikki Haley, that's like calling somebody a horrifying slur at this point. Trump has said some crazy things on the debate stage, but I, I was offended for Vivek. When she called him scum. He is. I would have been so mad if somebody called me scum, even if I a was. A man with a forehead the size of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. With a voice that just sticks on every word, like staccato. He is the, the politics of the corpse of Richard Nixon. Um, <laughs> just a sniveling little meerkat <laughs> of a man. I think that... it. The watching the interplay between Tuesday night and Wednesday night was interesting too, because Vivek was talking about he started opening remarks. He spent the entire time attacking the RNC chair, mm-hmm. which is interesting, because all over social media, yesterday or yeah, yesterday was oh Vivek Ramaswamy should be RNC chair. He should be RNC. He chair. reads Twitter. He's a, a, he's a, he's one of us. Sex. He's one of us. That's the other problem with young candidates is they are obsessed with social media. Which means they're... Vivek uses t- TikTok, FYI. That's yeah, how he gets some notoriety. With the Paul it's, brothers. That's his 3% vote is Jake Paul fans. Yeah. Um, the few dumb enough to still like Jake Paul who are of voting age. Don't know what kind of... You think they still play Fortnite? Addicts? Sports betting addicts? I mean, that's like Vivek's <laughs> thing. Like, that's who he's going for is the same guys who are really into, like, sports betting who mm. go to, like, OU. That's Vivek's fans. Like OU sports betting Republican frat guys. Barstool sports people. Yeah. Like the people who run the Instagram accounts. That's his thing. Because they think he's smart and they want to feel like they support somebody smart. They Mm. know they're not. Finance majors. Finance majors. That's him. Wow. We got it. We encompassed that one. (laughs) 3% of the Republican electorate, which is only 35% of America. So there there you go. That's anything. The Republican National Committee, uh, RNC chair... Ronna McDaniels, uh, he called her out immediately. So, uh, and, and Charlie Kirk, huge conservative social media influencer and founder of TPUSA. <laughs> enemy of the pod. Yeah, enemy of the pod. Unshout out. Uh, was saying that he wanted somebody like Vivek Ramaswamy or Vivek Ramaswamy himself to be the RNC chair. Uh, and... Ramaswamy clearly read that and mm-hmm. brought it right to the debate because he knows he's not going to be president. He knows he's probably not going to be vice president. So he might as well, at least he would sink Trump. Mm-hmm. So he might as well run for RNC chair, which he won't win. Because although they do need fresh faces and fresh leadership in the RNC, because Ronna McDaniels is like nothing. Yeah. Uh, like he's, he's like a. PVC pipe of a human. He's not that guy. He's not that guy. Because they also want to win elections. Yeah, but they don't. Um, he was right when calling Ronna McDaniels out. She has been, she has overseen goose egg, zero national large scale Republican victories mm-hmm. while being the RNC chair since 2017, 2018. Um, so since the 2018 election, Nothing. I mean, they won the Senate in 2018, right? Yes. That's all. I and can, they, won, they, they barely won back the House in 2022. I can say this. 
that Ramaswamy put it probably the best when he said, quote, we've become a party of losers. He's right. He's correct. Which is a wonderful thing to say after Tuesday's election. Party of losers. Um, yeah, they're really good at it. They're also not good at even trying to win. Yeah. They don't. I mean, the, uh, the, the movement for life is the closest thing that I've seen to like an actual grassroots effort mm-hmm. um, of people who do have legitimate moral beliefs trying to advocate for those moral beliefs and set up volunteering and door knocking and elections based on that, those issues. Issue um, one mobilized a lot of people on both sides. And I'm very proud of this state. Even yeah, I'm even proud of the yeah, Cleveland a, State University Advocates for Life who worked a, really hard. It was a down to it was a grassroots student organization effort um and non-students outside of that group mm-hmm. specifically uh, just across the state. Uh it's something that the rest of the Republican Party and other, you know, conservative movements within the Republican Party haven't really seemed to do. Um there is there's no effort for medic, medical care reform. There there's no effort for economic reform. There's no grassroots effort for protecting our southern border or anything like that. It's all top-down. Every single thing is top-down in that party because it's an authoritarian party. Mm-hmm. Nothing can be grassroots um, except for you know, <laughs> a few things here and there. Like you, you, could have, you could theoretically have a grassroots Republican anti-war effort. You could. Um, yeah. The voters aren't pro-war anymore. They've certainly made that, that pretty clear. Um, although the candidates all are, except Ramaswamy, I guess, but he still wants to turn Ukraine over to Russia. He actually admitted it flat out last night that he wants to turn Ukraine over to Russia. He said he'd let them annex it. And Chris Christie said that That's Vladimir 40 Putin- 40 million people. He said Vladimir Putin is- uh, XKGB, he's he's a product of the Soviet Union, and he wants to get the gang back together. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. See, that that's what Chris funny. Christie needs to do more of. Funny quips. That'll get him elected, right? That's what he's there for. <laughs> no, that'll just get him more media appearances, which is his actual job now anyway. That's his career. He provides quality breaks in the debates mm-hmm. for my brain. That way it's not like rotting listening to DeSantis and Ramaswamy. Sometimes it's still rotting listening to Chris Christie, though. Depends on what he's talking about. Like when you ask him how he's going to make things cheaper for Americans. <laughs> Nothing. That poor Radio guy. silence. They were all asked that question. Nobody had a coherent answer. Not a single person. All of their answers were some version of making the markets work for people by cutting taxes and blah, blah, blah. Reaganomics. Basically, like, gas prices need to be lowered. Okay. How? Well, they need to be lowered. How? Well, they need to be lowered. How? On and on and on and on and on. That's it. That's all they had. So, yeah. I mean, contrast that against Trump, a guy who sent everybody checks in the mail. Mm-hmm. There I think you that go. <laughs> that's that's the Republican Party in a nutshell. Let's wrap. Let's wrap this up with the question that everybody asks after mm-hmm. a debate: Who won? Who won the debate? And and not the not the stereotypical answer. Oh, I think Donald Trump won because everybody else sucks. And every time they get in front of a microphone, they prove that they well, he suck. Did. Okay, because that's the that's the correct the answer. The correct answer is Trump because he but wasn't there. For the sake of discussion. For the sake of discussion, and the other person who actually positioned themselves within their party the best, 
against suburban voters, against uh, amongst amongst suburban voters, amongst women. I'm sure, you can see where I'm going with this. Amongst the more moderate parts of the Republican Party and Trump supporters who wouldn't necessarily hate voting for her if she was the general candidate, Nikki Haley positions herself the best. Mm-hmm. And apart from the fact that she's an absolute war hawk who would do anything to suck Netanyahu's toes, <laughs> she did the best. She won the debate. She She's... positioned herself the best. She had tied with Christie because his response was identical. The best response on abortion, which was mm-hmm. we wanted the states to have it. The states have it. Let the states figure it out. That's for them to do. They both said that they were pro-life I... individually, but they respect people who are pro-choice. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, I think it should be a federally determined thing to, for it to be legal. It was for 50 years. But if the states are going to have it, let the states have it. Don't subvert the will of the voters. Listen. Which all the other candidates, including Trump, want to do. Doug Burgum has been saying it the entire time that it's not the role of the federal government. No. And Doug Burgum is going to be president. Mark my words. St- yeah, sure. <laughs> Rip Doug Burgum. Not he should debate. drop out. Yeah, so. He can't make the debates. No. Just drop well, out. He's going to. I mean, I guess Hutchinson already did, right? I think I think so. Yeah. So uh, Nikki Haley and Chris Christie actually added to her response by mentioning that post birth care needs to improve as well. Care for the mother, care for the child, uh, care all the way through until they're 18 years old. That includes a lot of things that he would be against if brought up to him, like expanding Medicare to minors, um, like free college, free community college. Uh, child tax credits, um, free school lunches, free school breakfasts. These are all things that would have to be done to satisfy those goals that he said he has. So maybe deep down in his heart, he believes that those types of things would be good, but he would never vote for any of them, nor would any Republican. Uh, soul or no soul. They just can't do it. I think Haley... They'd throw the party if they did do it. I think Haley's peak moments from last night was anything that had to do with foreign policy. Now, I'm not, I didn't agree with what she said because, like you said, she's very hawkish, especially when it comes to China. Yeah, but, she, she, she said we don't need Israel, or we... She said Israel doesn't need us. We need Israel. Which no, is an interesting take. It's just objectively wrong. But... Um, it's just objectively wrong. She's I'm the, sorry. Whatever your views on the whole situation are, I, I don't care what your views are. It's just not objectively yeah, that, that's like just, mathematically incorrect. Mathematically incorrect. <laughs> we're a gigantic super nation, and they are not that. They we're, we're a are, super nation. They are little, and we are the biggest. She, <laughs> we're America. Come she on. was able to to flex her background as the ambassador to the United Nations quite a, quite a lot. Yeah, she's last the night. one person who had something like that. Which was which was funny because in the last debate, if you recall, she told Ramaswamy that you don't have any experience mm-hmm. doing this. She said it again this time. Mm-hmm. Dead. And she's right. And he, on foreign policy, is the worst, I would, I would think. Uh, he's the only candidate on the stage who would happily turn over Ukraine to Russia. Which is um, not the right take. <laughs> he, he would directly ruin the lives of the most people. 
because he's just as bad on Israel and Palestine. He's just on, as bad on the border. He also wants a northern border with Canada. What? He's like, I mean, I'm he, the only candidate. He would also carpet bomb the southern border with Moabs. Like, yeah, he would because he's all, crazy. But then again, most of them would. Mm-hmm. He would just also turn Ukraine over and build a northern border. He is the worst on foreign policy. Outright. He said, I'm the only candidate in the entire field, Democrat, Republican, whatever, who's visited the northern border. Okay. Cool. Anybody can. All right. People go to Niagara Falls all the time. I went to Niagara Falls yeah. a couple months ago. You get some cool sports bars in Niagara too, actually. Underrated. I mean, I've never been to them since I turned 21, but they were cool when I was like seven. <laughs> uh, so then to really, truly finish it off, the lose. Haley won. Mm, if Haley won, who lost? lost? DeSantis. DeSantis. Has to be DeSantis. We mentioned him the least. Yeah. We've barely even brought him up. He did not oh, only We did also he, didn't like... bring up Tim Scott for the record. Co-losers. It has to be both of them. See, my my issue is, I think DeSantis. Useless. I think DeSantis lost the most from losing. I think Tim Scott started here at the beginning of the debate and ended here. Yeah, Tim Scott started with nothing and ended with nothing. Mm-hmm. DeSantis started with a nickel and ended with nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, him and his heels and yeah. his he's not only were his takes awful from going to war with Iran. To shooting people at the southern border, those takes one crazy. Two, he just did bad. Yeah, he's not charismatic. He doesn't talk. He doesn't speak well. He he's don't four talk inches good. Shorter than he shows himself to be. Yeah. Um. He has a creepy smile with a creepy tongue. Yeah. That he can't keep control of for some reason. There was he doesn't one... know where to look. He doesn't know how to address people. He can't stand correctly. Mm-hmm. Um. That was I was about to say that. There's one part. So so uncomfortable comfortable there's something wrong with that man Haley was like needs help. attacking him for something i don't remember what it was but it was towards do. the end so, of the debate and yeah. he was like standing like this yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, don't do he's, that he's fruity that's what i said when i was watching it. I hands was on the to, hips i was talking to my brother and he's like yeah be a little come on man you're running the republican running as a republican you can't in florida you can't look gay <laughs> come on <laughs> so yeah so she was questioning him on a bunch of business uh that he did with it the Chinese was, government yes. in Florida. Yes. Uh, a bunch of land that he'd sold to them. And uh, fracking. Operations that he'd let them do. And fracking. He had a good response on fracking. He did. Well. For, about the Everglades. Republic, about the Everglades. He basically mm-hmm. said, he shut her down by saying. Um, nobody wants to. Nobody wants do fracking in the, Everglades. in the Everglades. I will not frack in the Everglades. And the people of Florida don't want me to. Thank you very much. It was and good for him. But unfortunately, good. everything that's yeah. bad about him yeah. towers over yeah. that. For the record, even if you are pro fracking or neutral on it. National parks should be out of the question mm-hmm. in every single circumstance. I don't care about the specific sciences behind it or the need for natural gas as a transitionary uh, energy generator. National parks, off limits. We love our national parks. They are for the animals and the plants and the nature. They're not for energy production. Mm-hmm. Not what they're for. Use brownfields for that. Build them in with solar. Word. <laughs> I think Sherrod would agree with you on that, actually. We got other plants. We got all kinds of different stuff we could do. But, that, I mean, that's all I have. You have anything else you want to say? That's all I've got today. Well, we will continue to cover the 2024 races, because that's exciting. And now that yeah. this election cycle's over, what's next? But 2024. The big one. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> but that's all we got. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. Yep. Thank you. Ciao.